like for you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter, please. The epistle of 1 Peter. And God bless all of you on this Monday night of August the 10th, 1981. The night when we're dealing with God's call to love yourself. Many times when I hear my men and women teach, like I heard Pat Lynn teach tonight, I sit back there and I watch them, and I wish that I could teach like they do. I get so turned on by their teaching. They certainly are wonderful, loving God, loving his word, and having the ability to teach the greatness of God's word to motivate people. You know, my people, the restlessness that fills the age and the times in which we are living is simply a heart search for reality. Truly, man's basic quest is for life. And that life can only come from God. Most men and women never learn to really love themselves. Most of us are raised to be selfish. And selfishness is sin, people. Proverbs 10, 12 says that love covers all sin. In First Peter chapter 4, in verse 8, it says that above all things have fervent charity, which is love among yourselves. For charity, agapeo, love shall call, cover the multitude of what? As I observe and watch most men and women around the world, most of us men and women need a fantastic covering of sin. So we ought to begin to practice the presence of the love of God. You know, people, no individual can truly love himself until he first learns to love God. For God is love. In Matthew chapter 22, Matthew 22, a very familiar record of a lawyer coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and asking him, Master, what's the great commandment in the law? And in verse 37 of this 22nd chapter, Jesus said unto this lawyer, who asked him this question, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Verse 38, This is the first and great what? If that is the first and the great commandment, then the first and great sin would be not to love the one true God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
with all your mind. And when you do not love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you're not loving him with all your strength. Then he says in verse 39, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy what? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The reason most people never love their neighbors is because they do not love themselves. You can only love your neighbor to the end that you love yourself. In the Gospel of John, another wonderful record about the Lord Jesus Christ, chapter 13. In verse 34 of this chapter, Jesus Christ said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, the loving of one another, shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. No man will ever have his soul's sincere desire met until he is met by the master. There's a poem in volume one of our old poem books, the old caravan poem book, which reads as follows. I'd walked life pa life's path with an easy tread and followed where pleasures and comfort led. And then by chance in a quiet place, I met my master face to face. With station and rank and wealth for a goal, much thought for the body, but none for my soul. I had entered to win in life's mad race when I met my master face to face. I had built my castles and reared them high until their towers had pierced the blue of the sky. I had sworn to rule with an iron mace when I met my master face to face. I had built my castles and reared them high and I met him and I knew him, and yet I blushed to see that his eyes full of sorrow were fixed on me. And I faltered and fell at his feet that day while my castles melted and they vanished away. Melted and vanished and in their place I could see naught else but my master's face. I cried aloud, Oh, help me to be meek to follow the marks of thy wounded feet. My thought is now for the souls of men. I lost my life to find it again. Ere since alone in that quiet place, my master and I met face to face. Until an individual meets the master face to face, that individual will never be at home. Because the only homecoming that any individual 
is ever at home with is he's, is when he's at home with the master. I've often wondered what would happen if any of us, any of us ever dared to go and practice the limits of love. You see, there's no selfishness in love class. Selfishness is egotism. It's a deadly poison. It's a poison to the body, the soul, and the spirit of a man. So many of our diseases today are due to it. Very few people living today, I'm talking about born-again Christians, believers, so to speak. Very few born-again believers truly believe that love is practical. That it really works. They see it in the word, they read it, but they fail to believe it. Because they have been taught that everything else works except love. They believe in force. They believe in cruelty. They believe in intrigue. They believe in bitter, harshness, cruelty, sarcastic, unkind words. But very few literally believe in love, that it is the greatest force, the greatest power in the world. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, chapter 4. Verse 15, it says, but speaking the truth in what? Love. You always speak the truth, but you speak it in love. First of all, it doesn't say you have to tell everything you know. Most people have diarrhea of the mouth. But whenever you speak as a born-again believer, you speak the what? The truth. And you speak it in love. You speak it in love. A minister told me once upon a time that he would not even think of teaching what I was teaching about the dead being dead until the return of Christ because he said, I was taking the comfort away from people who when their loved ones have died, who have been told that they're up there in heaven with God or Jesus Christ or somebody, maybe Michael. And I was taking their comfort away from them. Well, if there is comfort in lies, then the greatness of the word is a bunch of shambles. Because... That speaking the truth in love is what brings healing, wholeness to people. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and what? That the man of God may be perfect. I do not believe in criticism. I believe in constructive recommendations. Those are given in love. Those are given in love. 
If you see your child extending his or her hand into toward a hot fire, is it love? You just stand by and say, okay, baby, put it in there. No. Love is speaking the truth, people. Speaking it. Correction. Instruction in righteousness. That you may grow up. Verse 15. Grow up. Some people hardly ever grow up. They remain children all their lives. I don't know how many of you have seen 30, 25, 30 year old so-called adults who are still having the form of a small child. It's pitiful. Tears a man's heart out when you see it. Think of how the heart of God is hurt when the word of God is available and people refuse to accept it, to believe it, and to grow up that all their lifetime they just remain little tiny baby who have to always be fed on milk and never being able to get to the strong meat of the word people. You may grow up in him in all things, which is what? The head, even Christ. You see, class, when you step out of love, you're out of step with yourself. Because you're out of step with God. In 1 Corinthians 13, this wonderful chapter, which all of us should put into practice more than we've ever dared to believe. Verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, the word is agapeo, Love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Speak with tongues of men of have not loved. I, I, Victor Paul Werwell, have become sounding brass and a tingling empty what? Symbol. Just make a noise, but not producing it. Verse 2. And though I, Victor Paul Werwell, have prophecy, understand all the mysteries. And if I had all knowledge regarding the word, though I have all believing so that I could remove mountains and have not love, agape, love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, I, Victor Paul Werwell, am what? right. Though I bestow, verse 3, that means give out, give away, being a fantastic philanthropist. Though I bestow all my material things, all my goods, everything I would have if I was a multimillionaire, if I give all of this to feed hungry, starving, poor people all over the world. And if I would give my body even to be burned, teaching and working and moving out among the people and have not what charity it what? It profits me nothing. Nothing wrong with the manifestations. 
nothing wrong with philanthropy, nothing wrong with pouring your heart and soul out. But of what value is it if you lack love? People have said to me time and time again, how, how did you learn to forgive people like you do? I have no problem with that. All I ever have to do, honey, is remember what God in Christ Jesus forgave me for, then I have no problem to forgive you. Whenever people forget what God forgave them for, then they've got the problem. When I look at my life and God's grace and mercy upon my life, his great love for me wherewith he loved me, the least that I can do is to love you, to love people, to forgive people. And as I've taught you before, if you point one finger at an individual in criticism or condemnation, remember you always point three of them back at yourself. God didn't point the finger. He just gave his only begotten son. And the call to love is to love yourself. And you cannot love yourself until you really love God. Look at verse 12 of chapter 13. For now we see through a glass or in a mirror darkly. But then with the return of Christ, what? Face to face. Now I know in part. But then, when Christ returns, then shall I know, even as also I am what? Know. And now, right now, this night of August the 10th, 1981, right now, abideth Pistis, believing, hope of the return of Christ, charity, agapeo, the love of God. These three, and the greatest of these is the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation among God's people. Look at the epistle of 1 John. My, what a wonderful word. Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st John, chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love what? One another. For love, agapeo, is of or from who? And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth, knoweth God. Jesus Christ said he had a new commandment. We were to love. Love is the greatest motivating force in the world. But we have been taught wrongly. We have been taught by the world that the greatest force is evil, destruction, criticism, fight, trouble. But every time you have worked it, you've gotten more trouble. Every time you criticize someone, what did you get back? Because you're always in what you're giving up. If you give out criticism, you're going to get it back. 
If you give out fear and worry, you're going to get it back. If you raise hell with people, you'll get raised hell with. You're always in and what you're giving out. And it'll always come back. But man so frequently makes his judgment upon the moment rather than upon a period of time down the road. You do not get a crop of wheat the night or the day you sow the wheat. Nor do you get a crop of corn the day you plant that kernel of corn. You have to wait for the production, the fruit, the increase. A man is always in in what he's given out. Rufus Mosley, my friend from Macon, Georgia, used to say, if you want hell, give it. If you want love, give it. You're always in in what you're giving out. This verse here said, let us love one another for love is of who? And that individual born again of God's spirit proves that he's born of God it is fruit in the production by the way he loves. And if you really love, you are forgiving. And there is no selfishness in love. Verse 8 says, He that loveth not, agapeo is not, knoweth not God, for God is what? Love. In this, verse 9, was manifested the love of God toward us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might do what? Live through him. Live through him. Live through or by way of what he did for us. Verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he, God, loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment in full for our, what, sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so what, loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. You will never learn to walk until you start walking. A child never learns to walk until the child starts walking. And when a child starts walking, it may catch itself falling on its nose, but it gets back up and it starts walking. The way to walk in love is to start people, to begin to move out with it. And as you keep walking in love, it becomes perfected. It becomes perfected in us. The place that I stand tonight in my walk, I did not know 40 years ago. Even 20 years ago, it was not as perfect as it is tonight. We keep 
walking. And as we keep walking, we keep perfecting these things in our lives, people. Look at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. We have known and we believe that love. There is therefore now no condemnation, Romans, to them that are where. Pat Lynn taught it so beautifully. No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Most people live their whole Christian life in condemnation. How can we do that if the word of God's the will of God? If God wrought in Jesus Christ what the word said he did, then how dare we continue to say that which is contrary to God's word and call God a liar by saying that he did not do what the word says he did. God, the love that God hath to what? Us. God is what? And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God where? In him. Keep your finger here. I want to go to Ephesians for a moment. Man, just look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have, we have. People, if we have it, we've got it, right? In whom we have redemption through his blood. The remission, the word forgiveness in the text is remission. We have the remission of what? According to my good works? No, according to the riches of God's what? That one verse alone ought to set men and women free who are born again. We have remission of sins according to the riches of God's grace. We have redemption. People, if we have remission of sins, then how dare you and I keep bringing up to ourselves in our mind's eye things that we did years ago before we were born again even. And they still trouble us. It's only due to wrong teaching. Not the truth of God's word. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. Verse 13. Who hath. Talking about the Father. God. Who hath delivered us. He hath delivered us. It's in the past tense class. Don't you see it? He's delivered us from the power of what? Darkness. He's delivered us. Well, if he delivered us from the power, then he delivered us from all the consequences of that power, people. And hath translated us. The word translated is given us citizenship into the kingdom. By the work of his son is the text. In whom, verse 14, we have what? Redemption through his blood. 
even the remission of what? Sins. Same truth. Go to 2 Corinthians. Go back a book or two. Better pick this up. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Creature. He's a new creation is the text. He's a new creation. For you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? You have the new nature, which is the nature of God in Christ in you. You're a new creation. Old things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. My, what a wonderful word of deliverance. What a wonderful Savior. 1 Corinthians, bless your heart. Chapter 1, verse 30. But of him, of him, and if you're of someone, and you are, you have genetically their blood in them. You're their child. Of him are ye in Christ Jesus. This is spiritual. You're born again. You're of him, of God. In Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Wisdom. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. God is made to us, people. He's made it to us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and what? He's made this to us, people. He's delivered us. It's past tense. We live in the positive greatness of the presence of God's love now, people. Look at Galatians. Galatians, chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 10. That's the wrong one. What? Looked it up today, must have missed it. Thought it was Galatians 2, Galatians, Corinthians, Galatians. Well, and see it right now. Take a look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 33 says, Who's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Is God going to do it? No, he justified you. Who is he that's going to condemn you? Shall Christ condemn you? No, he's not. Because he's risen again. He gave you remission of sins. He's at the right hand of God. And he is making intercession for us. Verse 35. Then who in the world is going to separate us from what? The love of Christ. The love. Who's going to separate us? Tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, naked, furlough. Nay, in all these things. Verse 37. We are more than what? And the word more is super. Conquerors. Through whom? Him who what? In verse 38. For I'm persuaded. To be persuaded, people, is not to have one iota of doubt. 
and just to practice the presence of God. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our one. Boy, oh boy, how tremendous. Go back to First John where I told you to keep your finger. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. That's verse 16. Verse 17. Herein is our love made what? Perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is. As he is. People as Jesus Christ is. As he is. So are we in this world. It's too big for my mind to comprehend. But it's not too big for my spirit to enjoy and understand. As he is. Reminds me of John 14. Isn't it 12? The works that I want do. Shall ye do also. Jesus Christ speaking. Now how can we do those works without love? God's call to love yourself. You can never help anybody any further than you have gone yourself, people. As he is, as he is, so are we in this what world. Look at 18. There is no fear in love. Genuine love has no fear in it. Like genuine love has no selfishness in it. No bitterness. That's why I so much love the Holy Spirit dove. The ones we wear around our necks on our lapels rather than St. Christopher's or something. Because the dove has no gallbladder. Therefore, it never has any bitterness, never has any criticism. People, we just are not fault-finding people with others. We love because he so loved us. Jesus Christ gave and so we give. You do not give expecting to receive something back. You give. Because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. There is no fear in love. Perfect love in the perfecting of the love within you. What happens to the fear? It flits the coop. Like the introduction of light gets rid of darkness. You can pray till you're blue in the face for darkness to disappear. You can curse it. You can swear at it. Won't make it disappear. The thing that makes darkness disappear, people, is to introduce light. And the smallest light, honey, 
one candle amidst all the darkness of the world. That one candle, all the darkness of the world could not extinguish the light of that one candle. Ladies and gentlemen, think of you being the lights of the world. Think of you shining all the darkness of the world. All of it cannot extinguish the light of the Christ within you when you walk with that love God. Verse 19, verse 19 says, We love him because he first, what? Loved us. We love him because he loved us. How did I get to know that he loved me? From the word. I believed the word first. Then I had the experience of the word. And the experience lined up with the revelation of the word. And I love him because he first loved us. When I was dead in trespasses and sins, people, without God and without hope, he moved upon the fibers of my life and soul and being. And he redeemed me, he saved me, he paid for it. And he so loved that he gave himself for me. And that's why the least that I can do in all of my frailty, with all of my shortcomings, all of my stupidity and everything else, all I can do, people, is to do my best to love him and to day by day endeavor to perfect that love and the reason because he first loved me. If any man, verse 20, say I love God and dislikes his brother is the text, that dude's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he say he loves God whom he has not what? Seen. And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God is to love his brother what? Also. Chapter 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his what? Commandments. For this is the love of God, people, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not weighty, they're not grievous, they're not burdensome. And remember that great number they sang last night could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies a parchment made was every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above and drain the ocean dry nor could the scrolls contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forever endure such a love which is eternal and it's so strong. And ladies and gentlemen, 
in that blanket of love, God has wrapped us his children. That's the call of love. That's the God's call to love yourself because he has wrapped you in his love. Shall we? Father, I thank you for all the joy and rejoicing in all of our hearts this day. Thank you for your wonderful presence, your power, and your goodness unto us, and for everything you've done for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. God bless.